Whether therefore ye eat, or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. That was 1 Corinthians 10.31. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Thinking Well Podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tom. What's up, Tom? What's up, Kyle? How was your week, man? It was all right. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of opportunities, I'll say. Opportunities, good. Yeah. Yeah. How are yours? Uh, good. Yeah. Definitely not as busy, which is good, but productive. So Good. It's a good week. Well, I definitely want to get into it today, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. We have two guests with us. The first time we've ever had four people on the podcast. Uh, joining us today, we have um, the lead pastor, the head pastor here at Lake Worth Baptist Church, Zachary Hatton. And we also have a good friend of ours, Andrew Coates. Hello. How's it going, John? Also one of our deacons. And a deacon. Yeah, yeah. That's true. We, yeah, deacon. we actually call him the baby deacon. Forever. Oh, uh, now it's now it's out there. Well, maybe uh, we can get a I wasn't going to do it to you. In, in like I don't know. 20 years. Yeah, and you'll be old and yeah. it's not going to matter anymore. <laughs> but yeah, he's a baby deacon. I'll take it. And that's forever saved on the internet as well. Can't get rid of it. Nope. Internet's forever. That's what I tell my kids all the time. <laughs> and true. I'm so it's glad true. it was it not around or like, well, at least like it it was or it is now. I'm, I'm glad it, it it wasn't when I was a kid for sure. Imagine what the internet will be when they are our age. I don't want to. Don't, yeah, you're just going to have a robot yeah. following you around. A, that's a whole nother podcast right yeah. there. <laughs> Actually, it probably should be. Thinking about artificial intelligence or something. <gasps> okay, queuing it up. It's a good yeah, one. Make it's it a good one. Well, gentlemen, we are happy to have you on. Um, we brought you here for a few topics. Um, and I got to say, just kind of as a disclaimer, some, some hard-hitting topics. Um, you know, we're going to get into alcohol, right? What does the Bible say about it? Um, you know, is it right? Is it wrong? What does that look like in the Bible? How to respond to that topic as a Christian? Uh, same thing in the, the realm of smoking, smoking there as well. Um, and then if we have time there at the end, I'd, I'd like to dive into, um, you, you know, owning firearms, concealed carry. What does the Bible say about uh, the right to protect yourself? So I guess we can go in that order. Um, I, I, I assume this will be a, a very, uh, it'd be very full of sustenance, this, this podcast. Yeah. It'll be very full. So, um yeah, I mean, let's just jump right into it. So, you know, the topic, the heavy topic of drinking alcohol, right? It, uh, it's a heavy one, for sure. Yeah. Um, for, for me in my life, I mean, there was, a, there was a long period in my life where I didn't really see a problem with it. Um, and it just got to a point in my life where it was something that just wasn't beneficial for me. I was... I was well, I think I might have been walking out of somewhere some at some point in time, and I thought to myself, well, what if one of the kids that I'm are in the youth group that I help teach is driving by, and they see me here walking out of the liquor store with a six-pack potentially in my hand? Um, and the Lord just kind of convicted me about that at that point, and uh, I have not um, had a drink since then. Um, but I, I know a lot of people who don't have a problem with it, uh, I know a lot of people who would say it's a hundred percent a sin to drink any kind of alcohol at all. Um, I know a lot of people who would quote, um, you shouldn't even look at it. 
when it's when it's turning um so I don't know. For, for me personally, it's one of those, it's a conviction thing. Uh, I don't do it anymore because the Lord kind of convicted me about it. And, hey, you don't need that in your life anymore. So I uh, I don't have that in my life anymore, praise God. But at the same time, I, I, I can't say that I'm of the opinion that it would be a sin for everyone. I think there's some reasoning for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I have a, a very similar story. Um you know, I was convicted about just in the last few years here. Um, you know, after I turned 21, really wasn't worried about it. E- even when I got, you know, really right with God and really plugged in here, um, never really viewed it as a sin. Um, but when I started really getting on fire about reaching my my friend group, mm-hmm. those were the guys I used to drink with. Yeah. So it was like, okay, well, how, how am I going to continue to have a drink at dinner, you know, never in excess anymore, but like, how am I going to continue to do this in front of them, but also a week later invite them to church? Right. Mm-hmm. So in the same vein, right. It's just, I, I, I saw myself, I couldn't live it both ways. Mm-hmm. So I, that's when I decided. And, and, you know, in, in addition to that, um, in my family, right. I didn't want to have my young girls see that, yeah. uh, coming from me. And then that's, you know, as they get older, respond questions and, they have that perception of me. I, I just, you know, so I cut it out. So yeah, no, I, I, I think it's, you know, and we'll definitely get into it. And I, and I definitely want, you know, have, uh, have a chance for our guests to speak on it. But um, in and of itself, I, I, I wouldn't say it's a sin, but it definitely can be for yeah. sure. Well, Tom, thanks for having me on. And uh, do you want to tell everybody what you titled this episode when you first sent me your idea absolutely okay so my this is probably how it's going to go up when you're listening to this i i was like hey let's do an atf episode (laughs) and i i thought you were going to talk about like uh, why am i talking about the the federal agency here and then and then go ahead well and then i said well it's alcohol tobacco and firearms right like let's do an episode then hit those three things well i was ready to get like deep state like in like (laughs) i was ready to go for let's talk about the atf i mean they kind of they kind of all go together and i mean there's a government agency that brings them all together so they're listening um yeah they're listening Um, so I I just thought it was a super interesting way because we were talking about what to talk about this week and I was like, Ooh, we could, if we did this, we could pull some people in and get some really good input and, uh, um, just have a good learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I read that from Tom and I thought, Oh no, (laughs) I I was, I was seriously, I was uh, a little, uh, little shooken when I saw that. Uh, mainly because uh, I, I want to be understood correctly. I want people to understand my heart as I, as I explain things. And this is like one of the most volatile topics. You would not believe how contentious on both sides, by the yeah. way, mm-hmm. contentious this is. Uh, you know, and I would probably be accused of not going far enough for some, and I would be accused of going too far for others. And I was like, well, how in the world am I going to get a fair hearing and somebody to really understand my heart when I'm behind a microphone? Um, But I got to tell you, I I would open a Bible with you. If it was as easy as 
thou shalt not drink. If we had a thou shalt not, it would be so easy. Yeah. But really what we need to do is develop what these what these men sitting next to me have done and develop uh, conscience, develop a Holy Spirit conviction about how to reach a culture. That is biblical. Uh, because the, you know God has his heart on people and how to reach them and he uses the behavior of his people to, to he changes our behavior to make a marked difference before them so that we can have and here's the buzzword we can have a testimony a positive testimony of life change life difference with um, with what we have going on in, in inside of our our walk with Christ uh, they they need to be able to see that there is a different way that we live and and so what I'm going to try to do is is I'm going to try to weigh in on I'm going to as best as I can I need you to listen with ears of grace or if if uh, you're on the other side uh, I need I need ears of discernment and 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 weigh out what I'm telling you because we're going to, I'm going to try to take you on a journey and I'm, I'm pulling from my mind. I told these guys that I'm, I'm going to, in my, the preacher in me wants to like put all of this in a structured order and, and maybe even alliterate it, you know, three point uh, yeah, three, <laughs> it'd be more than three points. <laughs> no. I promise you that. Um, but I, I really just, I felt compelled to, um, come at this raw. So I'm, I'm, I'm also a little scared that I might miss some things. Uh, and I, I sure don't mean to, and I'm going to have these guys jump in and, and ask me questions uh, or whatever, what, how, however the conversation yeah. leads us. Um, but I'm going to try to be as thorough as possible. I'm going to just lay everything out on the table that I, I know about the subject and about the Bible and and we'll just let the evidence and then I'll, obviously I'll give you my my conviction and my opinion. Uh, about it, but I just really first before I say anything, need need you to listen with the right kind of heart, with the right kind of ears, with the right kind of attitude. Because my intention is not to hurt anybody or to ruffle any feathers. Um, I I, I uh, I'm just going to open the the Bible with you, and that's all that I do as a preacher. I just okay. open the Bible with people and, and uh, share with them my heart and what God's Word says. Uh, my journey inside that subject proper, uh, I was a little, uh, you know, uh, loose on it when I was 21. And uh, I, my story was your story. I, I had a, uh, I, you know, that's when I was in policing. And uh, I... I, I, you know, looking back on it, I never enjoyed it. Like there was nothing that, I mean, this is me personally. I know some would, would say, no, there, you haven't tried Well, and I'm not going to, so <laughs> no, I'm not going <laughs> to try anything. Stuff, yeah. If you have the right yeah. stuff, you'd, 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 <laughs> yeah, that's you'd what, get that's it. what I always hear. And I've never, that never happened to me. And I just did it because, it, you know, it was social, which is a stupid reason in and of itself. It's because everybody else is doing it. Oh, my goodness. 
Um, but, you know, I, this one, Stephanie and I, my wife and I were out of church and then we were trying to find a church and then we got further in church and, you know, and I'm going to fast forward some of this. And, you know, we kept serving, serving, serving. And then I, I felt a, a call uh, f- for ministry and I had no idea that it was going to turn into being a pastor at all. I just knew God wanted my heart first. And that was one of the things that he cut out. And, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's exactly what will happen. The closer you get to God, the more he will start removing things uh, in your life that are not profitable. Yeah. And, and so that's what happened to me. That's one of the things that God says, hey, man, that's got to go. And so I made a promise to God, and I, I promised uh, just in my heart, I will never touch that stuff again. And by God's grace, I have not ever again, never had a problem with it. But I've, um, but I've never had an opportunity to have a problem with it either. Um, God, God just really saved me, I think, from a lot of drama uh, in that way. And uh, then it took me down a, another journey while I was policing. And that involved, I was, I was on Deep Midnights and... Inside of there, obviously, came a lot of DWIs, <laughs> and you'll have to forgive me. I, I've been getting over this uh, this sickness, and it still has afflicted my lungs. I'm operating with like a half a lung here, but uh, a lot of DWIs and a lot of domestic violence late at night. And I, I, I tell you what. Uh, some of the worst things I have ever seen in my life was not because of methamphetamine, uh, was not, and, and I've seen a lot of it, uh, not because of cocaine, seen a lot of it. Black tar, ter- black tar heroin, I've seen a lot of it. I've put a, you know, arrested a lot of people, made a lot of drug busts, uh, all different kinds. Um, ketamine, uh, I mean, you name it, pills, Xanax, overdose. It, I mean, name it, I probably have caught it, arrested for it, uh, put people away for it. But the worst things that I have ever seen in my life was because of alcohol. Um, I, I'm talking kids hiding in the closets. I'm talking about, like, rooms homes demolished and like like it looked like a wrecking ball came through a living room um yeah like you you it would un, unbelievable destruction because of alcoholic rage um wounded persons fatalities uh, people that killed other people and i had to arrest them and then they woke up, you know, 16 hours later and had no idea where they were, what happened to them, and it all had alcohol as a culprit. And so it went from me promising God, I'm not going to do this again, to just developing this just deep um, grief over it, like, like almost like a like it, like a anger, uh, a righteous anger 
uh, of, of just even the thought of that entering into my life. Like, I can't touch the stuff. And then obviously I became a pastor, and that's one of the uh, pastoral mandates, uh, that not given to alcohol. But then, you know, what do you, what do, you do with the deacons not given to much alcohol? <laughs> not, not given to much wine is what, is no what the Bible yeah. says. Yeah. Yeah. You're still good, <laughs> uh, Pardon me, I'm so sorry. Yes. Um, and, and, it, and that's really the point, isn't it? It's like there, there's little things like that, and you're just, um, it, it, it kind of throws just a big wrench in inside of like your de- definitive position okay so then you get a little bit more uh down the road so that was my personal journey so what do you do as a theologian what do you do as a pastor what do you do as a as a uh, honest how about this an honest biblical student and you're looking at all of this stuff and and you're saying you're looking at like john 2 where jesus turned water into wine and and then you not only he turned not only did he turn water into wine, um, a taste tester of all things came out and said, "This is the best stuff I've ever had in my life." <laughs> and uh, and then some people want to argue that this was like Welch's grape juice, um, and like oh it was all it was all fresh squeezed grape juice. Yes, because that's obviously. <laughs> That is that is that is obviously how you can tell the difference between the good stuff and the bad stuff. Yeah, because it's, it's fresh like, squeezed. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, well, it and, like and, alcohol, and the so word, hey, listen, and the word doesn't allow for that. Like yeah. if you if you are a Greek scholar, if you if you want to hold yourself to a standard of of uh, the the Greek text then you're not you're not going to be able to argue that because it's the same word now i would argue that you know grape juice and wine or strong drink that that all has the same word uh as as it's as its base but that that just means the argument is more convoluted um that, that that's not a a for or against you know an opposite position it, it just because of uh, there's there's no distinction there However, if we know culturally, that's when, that's when we have to dig in. If we know culturally what's going on, then it's more compelling to, to understand that it was wine, like real wine, and, and not fresh-squeezed grape juice. And, and one of the things historically that I jumped into is uh, how they how they did it in ancient Israel and, and still kind of this that to this day um, drunkenness and, and really strong drink like liquor it's really culturally taboo um, you tend to stay away from it unless you want to just alienate yourself from you know normal society and that that was this day you did not you did not want to get caught with hard liquor and you did not want to be caught with strong drink. You did not want to be caught with uh, like a, like what would traditionally uh, what we know as uh, uh, wine. And, and let me go back really quick um, to, to John too, by the way, John Phillips, this is kind of funny. John Phillips says, you know, he conceded that, okay, yes, this was real wine. Um, but nobody was able to get drunk off of it. It was like, it was like super holy, you know, it's just, just really weird stuff. It has garnered a lot of weird Christian arguments and and I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm just like, there's, there's gotta be a better answer 
than, than some of the stuff that I'm digging up. Okay, Let, let's fast forward again. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to skip over John Phillips, but I did, and now I recovered it. <laughs> but uh, culturally, what they would do, because it was so taboo, is that they would have a parting, what they called a parting ceremony. Now, this is this is research vetted by um, Dr. Pentecost. You know, he, he passed away now. Uh, he's gone home to be with the Lord. But Dr. Pentecost did a, a tremendous work and a tremendous amount of research on this. And uh, they had had parting ceremonies. So uh, there were uh, Jewish writings that indicated they had usually a a five to one ratio, a five to one parting ceremony ratio. So before anybody would take a drink and before anything would happen and drinks would be passed around, they would part the wine. So it would go like this, at least five parts water, one part wine, five part water, one part wine until the vessel was full. Now, gentlemen, let me ask you, what would happen uh, to that wine? Extremely diluted. It would be yeah. very diluted. Alcohol That's, content would go down so, significantly. Yeah. <coughs> well, and not to mention, just a side note here, like the alcohol content, they were fermenting the stuff. They weren't distilling it like modern day. Right. I mean, I've taken organic chemistry a couple times. You can only get 10, 12% by fermentation. Right. Not yeah. Like and, 40 and so or 80%. it's extremely it's diluted. Not like you're putting really strong stuff in there. Right. And, and, and so culturally, that's why I'm saying it's culturally, it was taboo <clears throat> to have strong drink or to have like high alcohol concentration wine. Um, but it was wine. That's, yeah. that's our point right here. Uh, and so in order to keep them from doing that, in order to keep them from having strong drink, uh, they would do this parting ceremony. Uh, uh, Pentecost says that that he'd even seen resources uh, that were 10 to 1 just because somebody didn't want to uh, have, I mean, just wanted to remove to themselves sure. even further yeah. away. Yeah. Absolutely. And so while it was wine, uh, they, they were doing things to mitigate the risk of any kind of alcoholism. And so pretty much what you have is just like a like a flavored drink. Okay, and so that was one that was one reason or one one way uh, historically to look at it. Another was uh, filtration. Uh, let me ask you this, and this is another question: uh, You have the woman at the well, and you're you're out there, and you're having to draw water too. Uh, let me: How are you going to filter your water? In the ancient world, how do you how do you filter it? Uh, okay, what are what are ways that you I mean, can kill any, bacteria any in water? Uh, you can boil it to kill bacteria. Yeah, you know how much water that wastes. Oh yeah, you you lose it. In you lose so much in evaporation. Yeah, yeah. You know what they would do? They would use alcohol. They would use uh, alcoholic beverages to yeah. kill bacteria. Uh, because it was uh, it would be easier on their gut really interesting stuff so so culturally uh we're, we're looking at a situation like if uh, so this is two sides right it's it's the side that says no it wasn't alcohol well yeah yeah it was and and this is also uh, a, a um a kind of a slap on the argument that like well jesus you know 
turn water into wine. Well, okay, well, no, it must hold be on. Okay, it. to drink it. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. Right. right. And so it's not it's not a wholesale um, to you know green light. Yeah, there's there's more uh, cultural considerations to make inside right. of that. Okay, um, and then and then you have uh, the the medicinal side. You have uh, Timothy, a pastor, which part of the conditions was what for a pastor not given, not to, given to wine. To wine, yeah. Uh, but but Paul tells Timothy, take a little wine for your gut, for for medicinally. Uh, apparently he. I don't know, you know, I, I kind of view Timothy, I mean, t- I'm probably really smart dude, trained by Paul, why, why wouldn't he be? But I, I kind of view him as a little bit of a nerd. I don't know. That's, <laughs> but, that's I mean, probably All unfair. the accounts of him are kind of, <laughs> kind of depict him as, as frail. Yeah, he's, right? a, he's a frail guy yeah. and uh, kind of sickly, and like me right now. And, and Paul tells him, hey, do your gut a favor and and take this just a, a little bit for your for your uh, stomach's sake. Uh, really interesting stuff. Not only medicinally in the in the New Testament, but you can find it medicinally in the Old Testament. Watch this, and this is what you alluded to at the very beginning. Um, you, you know, in in Proverbs thirty one. Um, he says, you know, don't, don't drink. It's not for princes. Strong drink is not for princes, not for royalty. Um, he says in Proverbs 31, verse five, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Now that's, that's good advice. What happens if you drink too much? Well, you, you become a dummy is what happens. You, you become just an absolute dummy. That you will drink, you will forget the law, you will pervert judgment, and you will you, you become afflicted, and you will afflict other people. But he says in verse 6, Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of a, of a heavy heart. And, and y- you think about what would happen if somebody's just like having a nervous breakdown and, and their body is just convulsing. Or you think about somebody just about ready to die and their and Andrew medically, their body seriously, is about going into shock on the battlefield. And and you you have this instruction from Proverbs thirty one. Those are indicators of like uh, when to give alcohol or strong drink to somebody. Those, those are exceptions to the rule. So, so we're looking more at a principle uh, than we are as a than we are a precept. Yeah. That, that's what I that's what I see. That's what I determine here. Well, that I mean and, they didn't have morphine back then, and they didn't and have any. That's way right. To, that's the point, isn't yeah. it? They, they didn't have hand soap. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't even have a hand soap. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they didn't have anything that we had, like these modern things, these, these painkillers. Yeah. You they know didn't, what they, they didn't had? have NyQuil back then. That's, ex- that's exactly right. That's the point. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I mean by like putting all of this out on the table. And like we, we got to look at it holistically instead of just like, like through, through a keyhole of, of your desire, whether it be just like a, a hard no and, and, 
and how could you say what you're saying right now um, or to a, an, uh, an absolute green light, yes, I don't see that in the Bible either. Right. I see extreme caution in the Bible. Extreme caution, but in, in a, uh, a magnificent principle, uh, but, but not necessarily a precept uh, that it's not a thou shalt not. And so that, that is a consideration. Uh, you, you also kick it over to the New Testament, and you have that famous line from Paul, to be not drunk with wine. So there, there, is, there is drunkenness. That is a precept. That right. is a hard line yep. scripture draws. Um, but, I, you know, just as a caveat, because I told you I'd give me my opinion, and I'll, I'll give you more about that in a minute. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, oh, I lost it. Um, anyway, uh, he said, be not drunk with wine, but... but uh, where is excess? Where is an excess? but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. And then that's a, that's an interesting verse. Um, he says, be not drunk with wine. Um, so like if Andrew, you, you, he's just sitting across from me. He is in my, my line of sight, but if he came in here and he kind of, he didn't just come in here, he stumbled in here. And I, and I thought, no, that's, that's weird. I generally don't stumble. Yeah. Generally. Uh, yeah. And then, and then we're talking and then as we're talking, I hear, I hear Andrew um, start slurring his speech a little bit. And then I'm looking at Andrew and I'm like, man, your eyes look a little bloodshot and your eyes look a little glassy. And then, and then the more I'm sitting in here and we're in a closed room, I start smelling like, you know, I'm, I, I'm using my, my sense of smell. And I, I think that that's, smells you know what i think andrew might be drunk and, and now now that would never happen right yeah right never have i ever okay all right oh good 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 uh that would he would never ever 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 he would never um wait let's pause there for a second okay never i've never been drunk no oh okay i've I, had I, a, i've had a drink before oh, okay yes. okay but I've never Sorry. been to the point of. I, we didn't really get to like your, okay. your, uh, your, your alcohol. Yeah, I've been dominating thing. this whole time. No, 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 time. you're it's good. Fine. You're it's good. Fine. I just didn't want to bypass that because you said never have I ever. And I'm uh, like, no. wow, not like never had alcohol at all. Not that there's no, anything I, wrong with that. Well, I wish I, yeah. I, I, wish had, I mean, I wish there was a point in my life where I'd, I could have said that. But Yeah, me too. I have <laughs> had Percocet too. after my back surgery when I was 18 and I was on the ceiling. And I was like, this is not a feeling I ever, right. ever, ever want to have again. So. Wow. Yeah. What, yeah, a, no, what a good great. teacher that was. Well I mean, done. Yeah. Well, and, and so you, what, what Paul is saying is that there's evidences that show uh, intoxication. There, there are things that you can see. There are things that you can hear. There are things that you can even smell. It affects many senses from another person. There are things that you can experience from another person being intoxicated that are telltale evidences that you are intoxicated. Okay. He says, be not drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So just like there are evidences of intoxication, Paul says there are evidences, things that you should be able to see, things that you should be able to hear uh, that are 
telltale indicators that this person is not controlled by a substance, but by con- but controlled by a spirit, a holy spirit. And that's what should be controlling our lives. It's not not a desire to drink alcohol, not a desire to, to whatever good time that you think you're missing. Christians are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and again, I'll, I'll throw back to what I originally opened with. We as Christians are to be students of culture in such a way that, that people see evidence of Christ pouring out of our lives to a degree that it is undeniable that we don't live like they live. And, and since we're talking about principle, I'd kick it over to like, for, for instance, uh, to uh, Corinthians when he was talking about, and, and this is always a contentious issue, but I'm going to explain it to you right here, right now, um, like women wearing head coverings. Gotta, yeah, yeah, you yeah. And George, you, you you, to, hey, yeah. listen. Do you know why? Do you know why uh, Paul had that instruction? Do you cultural do you know thing. what is that? It was a cultural. It thing. was a cultural thing. You know what the but, you know what the cultural problem was? So so, if you were a single lady, oh yeah, specific in, to Corinth right? in Corinth, yeah. yes. Um, they they were said, hey, like if you were if you were taken, wear a head covering. If you were taken, um, because you don't. You know, you're nobody can approach you. If you were single, you were to let your hair down and let all of the men gawk at you and look at your your beautiful hair. And, and Paul's like, you don't have to be. Well, you can cover your head. You don't have to be an object to men. You you are owned by Christ. You are under Christ. You are redeemed by Christ. You are not an object. You you are loved by Jesus Christ. And so he gave them a, a cultural difference to live before other people so that they could see Christians are different. Now, if we are students of culture as Christians, and we should be, and we're, and we're looking at culture go a certain trajectory, and it's not profitable. It is this. This is like a biblical mandate to to be students of culture in such a way that we start to differentiate ourselves from the culture, so that other people can see how exactly uh, we're living, how our our living is different from their living. And I think that alcohol is one of those things. I'm telling you, if, if you want to just knock somebody's socks off, tell them you don't drink. Right. Yeah, I'm, honestly, you're like, yeah, that's like the, like, I think Jim Gaffigan said that once, you know, he's like, drinking alcohol uh-huh. is the only thing that you have to explain to people. And like, you don't drink, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like if you said, I don't like mayonnaise on my, you know, sandwich, nobody would care. You tell them you don't drink. I mean, it immediately perks up their ears. Also not using profanity. I'm I'm a little bit outside our scope, but I'm just saying there, there are things that you can do, you and I can do, and we should to differentiate ourselves from the culture. That's always been a Christian mandate. 
Well, and I th- it goes back to something that you said a, a couple of minutes ago where you, you were talking about being filled with the spirit and being not drunk with wine there. Um, it's, it's anything that would control us. That's right. That's not the Holy Spirit. So any, it, and Kyle and I were kind of talking that's about right. this before everybody got here, right? Anytime we make something, if you put your desire to drink alcohol ahead of the importance of your testimony. Right. That, that is it. Then mm-hmm. you have put something ahead of God. Right. And now you've made yourself an idol and now you're guilty of idolatry. So do you want to keep going down that road? Right. Because once you make something else, once you allow something else to be the paramount thing in your life. God's no longer it. He's not getting the glory in your life. That other thing is getting the the glory. Right. And, and it, now you're in a situation where you you've got a broken relationship with yeah. God. Do you really want to live there? And maybe you don't have that problem with alcohol. Maybe you've never let it have that kind of control over your life. And that that's great if you haven't. But as as a Christian, are you willing? If somebody comes to you and says, you know what, I, I thought you said you were a Christian and I, you, you know, you go out and you drink with us. You don't get drunk or anything, but I mean, you go out and you drink with us. Is that the point where yeah. you say, okay, this is not beneficial for me anymore as a yeah, Christian? Yeah, well, and that, that, is the, that is the quintessential <clears throat> issue because I'm not going to have, and like I said, I've seen lives destroyed. I, 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 I wish, I mean, like things that would just stand your hair up on end. Uh, and, and listen, I'm not going to allow anybody to use my life to do that yeah nobody's going to be able to say well well zach does i i think that's wildly irresponsible uh i like i i like you might do that but you're not gonna you're gonna you're gonna have me around your ankles saying no don't do it like you're not going to be able yeah. to use me as an example and and and, and look that the statistics are abysmal on this thing did you know listen that that one out of every five people that that have a first taste of alcohol, which by the way, gentlemen, uh, you we are we are uh, one two three four in here, which means that if we had one one more, it could fit this statistic. Mm-hmm. One out of five that taste alcohol either become a problem drinker or a full blown alcoholic. That's crazy. One out of five, like. Like, what, which one of you would let a dog into your house that bit one out of every five people? None. That'd be None. a dead dog. <laughs> Seriously. And what, what, which one of you would uh, ride in an airplane that ejected one out of every five seats? We wouldn't take those odds for anything else. Yeah. And, and then we want to sit back and be like, it's, it's not a big deal. No, the scriptures got, again, I, I, again, I, I can't find a thou shalt not, but I can find you some really, really, really strong warnings in scripture that says, you know, you are deceived if you don't, if you don't see this as being a problem, I, I can find you those scriptures, uh, for sure. And so we, we have got to think deeper on this. And this is the part where I, like, I'm, I'm not trying to push anybody away. I'm really not. I'm not trying to alienate anybody. If they're listening to this, uh, I, like, I, I will be your friend. I, I, I'm, I'm not here to, uh, um, to bring you up in front of people and be like, you, you better, you know, Repent right now. Get oh, right or get all, left. Yeah, it's all in love. Yeah, right. I, I say this we, we in care supreme about, yeah. love. Man, I do. Oh, man, I love you so much. 
I'm just asking us to, uh, for, for Christian conviction, Christian conscience sake, let's let's rethink these arguments because i guarantee you like there there's an internet full of spaces of just fat heads talking calling themselves pastors and preachers that are that are just like it's it's no big deal i i can i can think of three huge names right now that that just like they're they're just kind of shrug at it and and i'm like what in the world like what are we what are we doing uh, so anyway, is, is it a good opportunity to set ourselves apart? Man, I, I think it is. Yeah. And, and that's where that's where I stand. And, and I, from what I heard from you guys, that's that's where the Holy Spirit brought you. And I, man, I think that's a great uh, realization from each of you. That's a great testimony. One of the other things that kind of clinched it for me beyond just the Holy Spirit conviction is I got to read in our church covenant, right? And so I would challenge Christians that are members of churches. And if you're a Christian, you should be a member of a church. But I I would challenge uh, Christians that are members of churches. If you don't struggle with that in your life, you you really believe that it's okay to have a drink of alcohol every now and then. You've never made it something that's gotten between you and your relationship with God. Uh, Amen and God bless you. But if you're a member of a church and your church covenant specifically states that you have covenanted together with the members of your church to not uh, drink alcohol or be involved in selling alcohol, then I would examine your heart and see how much that covenant means to you. Because if you're, if you're complying with all the other portions of that covenant, cause that's another thing that like led me to extreme conviction is regardless of how I felt about it, I was a member of a church that I had covenanted with together to not do that in. And our church covenants mean something. And when you join and become a member of a church that you're covenanting with your other church members to abide by those, those tenants that you have there. So just, I, I would challenge you to be a little careful about that. Sure. Sure. Well, I, I, I have just exhausted like maybe, <clears throat> maybe all of my, my biblical knowledge. We, we, seriously, we talked about the historical aspects. We've talked about yeah. cultural aspects. We talked about medicinal aspects. We talked about personal journey. I think, I think we touched on everything. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. I think one of the most important things, and I, I definitely want to give Andrew, um, so, some more <laughs> <Yeah>. airtime. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry about that, Andrew. It's I, okay. But, uh, it's, it's very important to ask yourself one question. What will it take for you to give it up? And will you? Yeah. Right? That's um, more important. When confronted with it, which it's a slippery slope, right? I mean, you know, God bless you if you're able to to keep it, you know, put it there and, and keep it in that box and it never, whatever, inflects, uh, you know, anything else. Uh, good on you. But it's, it sure is a slippery slope and it has turned the best of men into the worst of men. Uh, no oh, doubt. for sure. No doubt in that. So, you know, Andrew, I definitely, Just, yeah, yeah. yeah r- real quick, real quick. wrap up, like what, what, uh, what was your experience with uh, growing up? Oh. Not, it was like very taboo, negative. Sure. Don't touch it. Don't, don't look at it. Um, got married, Same. you know, started my own thing and, uh, it was, I never, like I said, never been drunk, never wanted that feeling, but, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a foodie. I like to have good food and, <laughs> you know, pair it with whatever beverage would pair well with it. Um, uh, but it came to the point where we were 
and we got kids, and I was like, well, what's that? Why can't I have a drink? Well, it's mommy and daddy's drink. You know. um, <laughs> those questions, man. Just, what, right. What yeah, is right it? Right in the heart. heart. Right in the heart. <laughs> exactly. What is it? Why are you drinking? Well, okay. When the older they got, the more questions we had to answer. And it was like, well, it makes your brain fuzzy. Well, why are you making your brain fuzzy? Oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. I don't know. I don't From know. the mouths of babies. Right, right. exactly. So <laughs> it was a very practical. We kind of had to backtrack and go, well, you know, we just drink it for every once in a while for, you know, it goes well, you know, beer with yeah, pizza yeah. or, you know, pasta yeah. and wine or whatever. Um, so it just came down to a practical. If we're going to teach our kids that drinking is wrong. And we always, and I always justified it. Well, I'm not getting drunk. I'm relying on yep. the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in charge of my life. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I can have this drink and it's fine. But then it was like, all right, well, maybe maybe it's not. And maybe yeah. it's not the best. And if I'm teaching my kids that alcohol makes your brain fuzzy and you shouldn't make your brain fuzzy, you should always be in control of your body, in control of your emotions. And why am I living something different than what I'm teaching them? So yeah. out it went. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> it was actually it was actually funny. I had something. It was like in the cupboard because it was going to make like a vodka sauce or something like that. I was like, uh-huh. I'm just going to leave it there. I'm just going to leave it there. And it wasn't like a point of contention. <laughs> but it was like, how can I say I don't drink? And I'm not, you know, like I, I think alcohol is wrong. And it's still sitting there in the cupboard. And so it was one day I came home and just poured it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. It's, huh. it's not the big deal. Yeah. I can live without vodka sauce, even though prosciutto and vodka and heavy cream is amazing. Okay, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so we'll move on to the to the tobacco portion, I guess. Uh, I probably a, yeah similar yeah well, answer, I, but yeah, yeah definitely. I, so I started smoking when I was thirteen years old. Dinner, um, I know. Well, in Germany, so l- let me explain. So gr- growing up in it's Germany, okay in Germany. <laughs> no, it's it, actually that that, that is kind of crazy. But so in Germany, they had uh, and they still do to this day. They have these vending machines like every three blocks that dispense cigarettes when you put money in them okay so we would we went we were walking by a vending machine one day and there was just kind of one that was there was a tray down at the bottom that was kind of like half open because what it was you would you would put uh, the money in and you would pull the tray out and inside the tray would be the 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 pack cigarettes and one was like sticking out so like you know missionary kids were horrible um, <laughs> we went Almost as best deacon kids right? we yeah. went and uh, so we we like dug the pack out with like a kitchen knife I think somebody <laughs> ran back to the <laughs> house and, hit, and we went <laughs> hit out at like the soccer field and then smoked like it's half most, a cigarette most a German piece thing or I've ever heard like that. Um, yeah so oh, German you're um, messing with my cough man and That's then awesome. we uh, we from there I like I just started kind of smoking more and like then my I mean my allowance went started going toward it and, <laughs> oh, I mean oh. and it's stupid right because my we allowance would my buy paper route <laughs> my allowance would buy one pack of cigarettes um but man it, it got to a point there there was one point in my life where I, I mean full disclosure three packs a day Um, I was installing dish network. So I was either driving all the time or I was outside all the time, like up on people's roofs and stuff like that. And like, if I was doing anything, I had a cigarette hanging out of my mouth. Um, and that was all the way up until gosh, 33, 34. It's a little, yeah, it was, it was, it was a long time. 20, 20, 20, 22 years I smoked. Um, and I mean, I, 
I'm not trying to promote this to anybody, but I I enjoyed smoking. Like I was one of those guys who would sit at the at a at a restaurant back when you could smoke in restaurants, and like I'd light a cigarette and have a cigarette with my food, and yeah, um, infect everybody else around. Yeah, you. I know. I appreciate everybody like breathing breathing in my yeah. <laughs> the junk. Um, and it, it got to a point. It was actually like the same kind of conviction that the. Uh, be, being a, a youth teacher was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me in my Christian life. Uh, it got a lot of the, the Holy Spirit used that to get a lot of junk out of my life. But it got to a point where like, so I'd go to church and I'd make sure that like I didn't smell. I mean, there were people at church that knew that I smoked and nobody really had that big of an issue with it. But I, I'd go to church and I'd like smell somebody who was not as conscious about their smoking habits as I was. Because we always smoked outside. We never smoked inside with the kids. You know, we were good parents. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Never smoked in the car with the kids or anything like that. Um, which is funny because up in Illinois, when it was like negative 10, we'd still go outside and have a cigarette, which was just dumb. Um <laughs> <laughs> but the, the Holy yeah. Spirit, like, kind of, if if you can smell that person and you think you don't smell, what do you smell like to other people and can they smell cigarettes on you? And if you're teaching teenagers and you're telling them that smoking is a bad habit because you know from experience that it's a bad habit, mm. how hypocritical is it of you to right. leave church after you're done teaching the kids and be sitting in the service for the day to go home. And the first thing you do is walk out the back door into the backyard and light up a cigarette because you just went for like three hours without one and you're about to die. Right. Um, and the Holy spirit was just kind of like, you don't need that. You're the worst. Anymore. That's right. what he said. <laughs> um, so, uh, I quit cold Turkey. And I Amen. will say that after that, Chris, uh, so my wife did not quit right away and it's not because she's a worse person. She just, I, I, I don't she's know. She's probably stressed out having to deal with you. No, for, for <laughs> sure. For, for sure. That's probably what it was. But I did like uh, three months after I quit, she was still smoking and I was like, oh, just, just give me a cigarette. Cause I was outside talking to her and I like took one drag off of that thing and it about choked me to death. And I was like, never again. And I, I, by God's grace, I have not had a cigarette since then. But I mean, it, wow, what a controlling substance, like in the very worst. I mean, it's just horrible. Like you wake up in the morning and the first thing you want to do is have a cigarette Mm. and you go to work and you measure your time by when you're going to have a cigarette again. Uh, do you have to have a cigarette right before you go to bed? And then you're sitting there and all that stuff's like collecting in your lungs as you sleep. And you start doing the research. Like after I quit, I started doing the research on how long it was going to take my lungs to get back yeah, to the, the recovery. normal lungs, yep. right? Seven years. If you haven't done any permanent damage to your lungs, it takes your lungs seven years to get back to the Damn. point wow. of what a normal human beings lung capacity and the cleanness of their lungs and that's if i didn't do any scarring right um but it's just the things that you do your body like i can feel my fingertips when it's cold outside finally because when i smoked i could not like anytime it got cold outside my the finger the tips of my fingers would go completely numb yeah sure completely numb there's no more dedicated person than a smoker i mean it was triple digits over the summer and there was somebody driving down the road 
Oh yeah, they, okay. like, it's triple when, digits. It, 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 like, it Window all you, the man. way down. It's t- yeah, it's yeah. 112 degrees out, it, sir. It, it it certainly tells you what to do and when to mm-hmm. do it for sure. Yeah, and I think that would push back, pull back to you know the whole. I mean, it's not one for one. It's not drinking, but it's not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Well, I, so it. there's a it, there's probably a couple of issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like so. Oddly enough, all of our Baptist brethren who love Spurgeon might be interested to know <laughs> oh, cigars? that he loves cigars. Yeah, yeah. And uh, somebody approached him about it one day, and they said, should you be smoking cigars? He said, only smoking in excess is wrong. And they said, how do you define success? He says, smoking two at a time. Charles Spurgeon. You know, fair enough. Well, and and, and what was funny is that uh, some guy came up to him as an advertiser. So, this, you know, the guy that was questioning his health got a pass from Spurgeon, one of his favorite Spurgeon quips. But when an ad man came and and said, Hey, we, we noticed that you like smoking our cigars. How would you like to be on a billboard? It cut him to the heart. Wow. And uh, he said, no, 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 no. He said, I, I need to be known for preaching the gospel, not for smoking cigars. And he, he stopped cold turkey because of that. Really interesting story. And what we're talking about here, like a little, there's one part of it that is about Christian liberty. And, you know, that, that's the drinking thing. Is there liberty? Sure. Uh, there's, there's liberty. Smoking, is there liberty? Sure. Uh, but, but I'll remind you that Paul got onto some Corinthians that were trying to be too high-minded with their liberty. If it's liberty at the expense of loving people, then we get liberty wrong. Yeah. And that, that's what Paul said. He said, yeah, can you, that was the, uh, the meat sacrifice unto, unto idols debate. Hmm. And, and, and Paul says, can you do this? Absolutely. Are you still saved? Absolutely. But you're going a little bit wild with your liberty. It's like if, you're, if your liberty keeps you from like loving people like you're supposed to, if your liberty makes you prideful, I'm going to do what I want. And instead of considering your brethren, and what does he say in, in Philippians? He says to esteem everyone better than yourself. And I, that's an important Christian principle. And so on one side, yeah, I mean, like, yes, you have liberty. But on, on the other side, man, it's, that is sure not how to, how to be loving uh, to, to other people, uh, and, and at least not being prideful about it. Um, and, and, and then there's another issue, what we talked about with the, with the control issue. Yeah. And, and God makes sure, he is careful to make sure that we know that we are not in charge of our own bodies. He, he makes it abundantly clear that we are not in charge of our own bodies. He says, what about your bodies? What, what does it become, gentlemen? Impress me. It becomes what? A temple. A temple. It's the <laughs> dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Right. And, and, and in so much that he, you know, Paul says, what? Know you not that you are not your own and that you are bought with a price? 
You don't own that temple of yours. And if you have something else, a substance of any kind, telling you what to do and when to do it, and then, and then it brings no good into your life at all. And, and, and I get that there's some uh, variance. We're like, well what, well, what can we do? you know, in this life. I mean, like there's the ad nauseum. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you some characteristic rules because, uh, because we can get really crazy. Well, what food do we eat? Can we not drink Coca-Cola? I mean, like, like you, know, you can get stupid, right? Um, we're, we're looking for, yeah, we got a Coca-Cola in the building today. I'm looking <laughs> on at the it right here, right on the table. Uh, we're looking for the good and the beautiful and the true, the good, the beautiful and the true. And, and if we can segue ourselves into, into those categories, really, really broad categories, um, man, you can, you can do uh, a lot of good. There's a lot of flex in there. Uh, and, and, and inside of the good, I mean, like enjoying a Coca-Cola, you know, in the grand scheme of, I'm looking at a little, what is that, a six-ounce can? Uh, 7.5. 7.5-ounce can. It's a tiny, tiny can. And Everything they, in moderation, right? Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it was the one that was cold. Yeah, if the, you know, in the grand scheme of the world, you know, and, and, and it turns into, like, just just enjoyment, just for enjoyment's sake, is 7.5 ounces uh, going to, you know, damage you? Uh, like, does it, does it control what you do? Does it control when you do it? I guess there's some weirdo like on Lifetime that says, you know, I have to have 17 Cokes a day. Okay. That's a problem. Uh, but, but for the, for the most part, you know, uh, even enjoying things, uh, to, you, you know, what the, the verse that you read at the very beginning, whatsoever you do, Kyle, do it, you know, whether you eat, drink, um, whatsoever, uh, do it to the glory of God. And can, can we do that? You know, you got your coffee, Tom, you got, what is that? An oral gray? Tea? Oh no, I've got no. coffee. Oh, is that coffee? Water. Okay. Yeah. I'm just kidding, man. Uh, <laughs> Tom always drinks coffee, but I'm just saying Earl like it, it falls in the category of the good, the beautiful and the true. And the reason we do that is because God is beautiful. God is good. God is true. And so we just kind of morph our life in, into those kinds of categories. And if we can do that, man, there's a lot of variance, but there's also some things that we stay away from, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's really good. Like when I think of, when I think of smoking now, uh, it wasn't something that was healthy for me. It wasn't something that was a good testimony, but I would also sit here and, and argue uh, when you have a person that, uh, you know, someone who says that they're a Christian and they're not through any kind of health issue because there are health issues that contribute to this kind of stuff, but they're just an extremely obese person or um, something like that. Like, so smoking is, is bad for me and it, it gives a bad testimony. But at the same time, if I sit here and I just gorge myself with food all sure. the time and um, I just let myself go from a, from a physical perspective to a point where it's just not healthy for me is one of those things worse than the other. And I would say that again, know ye not. Yeah, sure. Y- you know what I, you know what I mean? So yeah, but like we're, we're we should look at the grand sc- scheme of like, right. like, like nourishment like your yeah. body needs nourishment. Absolutely. Um, and so like with food, yeah. Can you go crazy with it? But yeah. with a cigarette, uh, you know, there's no the, nourishment. The, yeah. There. There, no, yeah. No. I would argue that there is no good. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess you could use it like in olden times they used it, you know, for a pesticide. 
it mm. kept bugs away. That's why God gave us tobacco right. to clear out some fields, <laughs> and so you you wouldn't have crop failure. It's a good appetite inhibitor as well. <laughs> Supposedly, there is a oh man uh, neuroprotective wow. uh, effect of nicotine, but the delivery system of cigarette is terrible. So uh, I got you. Uh, supposedly, I haven't researched and just yeah, don't, don't tell in and just throw a bomb oh, in yeah. here. Yeah. You know? Actually, <laughs> yeah, here you go. Just actually, me. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean the bad definitely outweighs. Any, I mean, if you could find any shred of good, but I mean, yeah, I mean, my my history with with smoking is similar, not as long for sure, but I would kind of do it socially, like like drinking, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I worked like you know selling cars on the lot, like you know everybody, all the guys would go out, and I, I think they just wanted time away from the desk, so they would just like smoking break, right? So they go out there, so like you know I'd bum a cigarette off, you know, you know somebody a couple times a day, or whatever, when I was there, but. I never, I never enjoyed it. Definitely never was addicted to it. And it was just, I, I look back on it now like, why? Yeah. I didn't like the aren't feeling or the taste silly? or the yeah. anything. Yeah. We are so, so silly. You know, and the same yeah. thing kind of, it goes for alcohol too. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, I've had some pretty decent, very expensive alcohols. Dr. Pepper beats it any day of the week. <laughs> I agree. And it's just like, and it's just like, okay, like, I get it. You know, whatever. Uh, some taste better than others, but again, I, I've it's I've an never acquired taste. It's an acquired taste. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. 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 there's no, no such no, thing. I don't, right. don't want to ever get there. Yeah. Yeah. sixteen dollars for that acquired the, the, taste. The, 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 entire, the, the entire time I smoked, I could not stand the taste of cigarettes. I always had like the Listerine pocket pack strips. Yeah, I always put funny. one of those Sorry. in my mouth before I started smoking a cigarette, or had to have something no, to drink there, how, like, or I had to have something to drink there the whole time. Like, it was it was just it was stupid. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's I, the same. It, yeah, my body, like it, my body. Well, that's over time, habit. right? Yeah. It's it becomes so controlling. I mean, even in my life, um, you know, after you know, I, I quit that sales job. You know, I haven't touched cigarettes since. Yeah, just because I I wasn't really around them, I would never go buy mm-hmm. them. Um, but uh, You'd be broke. Yeah, All right. <laughs> but I mean, perfect example where I, you know, uh, Haley's mother, my wife's mom, she, I mean. I, I couldn't even give you a count how many packs, five or six maybe, a day that she's drinking or smoking. Um, I mean, she's just completely given over to the addiction to the point where she chose it over her granddaughter, wow. over wow. her immediate family. Hmm. It is it is such a control in her life where she can't make it an hour, hour and a half without I wow. mean, needing to step outside, even to the point for, you know, for like our wedding rehearsal. Right, we're trying to coordinate people. Oh yeah, dude, I was yeah. I was hot that day. I was yeah. not happy. Uh, we're trying to coordinate people. You know, we have trying to not be here at the church all night going through this rehearsal, and we're trying to coordinate everybody to get in line to just run through the you know procession one more time. Right, let's yeah. let's do it. Do the order one more time. Just feel good about it, and we'll go home. Well, we can't find her anywhere. She's around the corner in our parking lot. You know, smoking a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you, you couldn't wait like five minutes. Yeah, and then I, and then you're gonna fight with us when we right. say, "Hey, let's just okay, whatever, put it out real quick. Let's let's do it." And I've just seen that that vice particularly destroy the relationship between my wife and her mother, amongst other things. But um, and then I, at this point, she'll she will not have a relationship with my daughters at all. Like yeah, 
not have it. That's that's the extreme of letting that control your life, right? Yeah. And do you does anybody want to take the chance that they can get there? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah with a, addictive substances. Yeah. No, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and not. I, I just, you know, I don't know what you're about to jump in on, Tom. I and and I, I certainly no, don't you're good. Um, mean mean to do that. I I, I just want to be super clear. Like I've, I've I've got friends that still smoke. Man, I've got friends that still drink, and uh, man, I've got I've got nothing but love. I, like again, this this whole podcast is called Thinking Well, and we and that's all that I want. I just man, I want I just want you to think about this stuff. And, yeah. But I, and nowhere near am I. You know, if if I see you around me, I, I'm. I'm not going to grab a bullhorn and be like, look at this guy, you know, or, you know, I can't, can you believe it? You know, I'm not, I'm going to, I'm not going to come at you, um, at all. And I'm not going to chase you down and I'm not going to like, uh, come through the bushes at your house and be like, put that drink down. You know, I'm, that's not me. Uh, that, that, that would be silly and that would be irresponsible of me. And I, I, I just want to reiterate that I got I got nothing for, but love for people. I just I just love yeah. people, man. And uh, I, I don't I don't want you to feel uh, uncomfortable around me. I don't I don't want you to uh, feel judged by me. Uh, I, I do I do want us to be just thinking considerate uh, Christians who just uh, you, you know get what it means to to uh, restrict ourselves for the love of somebody else yeah. man that's that's all i want uh, but other than that yeah I, I just i just i just want you to understand that you're valued i know we're talking about all these things and they're hard things yeah they but are. I, I i just i just want us i mean it's a good opportunity for for like all the cards out on the table uh to to understand all of it uh, together and and then consider these things. Well, I think that's the entire point, right? And sure. this, this podcast, in a general sense, but in these topics uh, specifically, um, hey, let's just oh, you know clear the air, put cards yeah. on the table, let's talk about it. Sure, S- you know, let's pull up scripture, let's see what scripture says about it. Um, what's different about these two topics, though, I, and, and I definitely agree with 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 Zach. Um, you know, we definitely don't want to come across as condemning or anything like that. It, it no. is all in love. And, sure. um, you know, we would, uh, love to, to minister to you and, and have a presence in your life. Um, but there's definitely scenarios in where extreme damage is done. Sure. Yeah. That's exactly right. We'd be foolish not to talk about it. Yep. It's not to talk about the ugly monster in the closet. That, that's, that's weird. That's weird to. too. But yeah. yeah, no, definitely in love first. Um, we all have something. We've and all the, gone uh, through something. And I'm glad you said that. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we all have a, a struggle that we are fighting. I you know, promise you that. You know, it's that. funny, too. I said it to Tom before we, you know, pressed record. But, um, you know, it's funny how, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, even today when thinking about these topics, you know, we'll think about, you know, some of the terrible things that come, come along with, you know, being drunk and alcohol and then smoking, you know, the addiction and, and things like that. Uh, but then we kind of look at, you know, a whole bucket of KFC and we're like, yeah, it's probably fine. Or, you know, right. certain other things that we deem 12, as 12 hours on my phone looking at social yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or oh, video man. games. I mean, yeah. I, I had a problem with video games yeah. for the longest time sure. too, it's, right? It's like interesting there's all kinds of different things. We'll look at it and we'll say, oh yeah, that's, yeah. Well, Can't go that's there. Way worse. I yeah. would never do that. Right. Um, it's, it's so, it's so funny. It's, it's so childish for us to think that, I mean, the father looks down and despises all of it. I mean, it's 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 interesting that we 
have a tier. We have, we have a ranking system. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly why Jesus said, Hey, get that beam out of your right, eyeball right. before you try to get a speck out of somebody else's judge yourself first, please. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't know if you're going to say something, Tom. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I was getting ready to start on the, the last topic. The, the last oh, the, the good we, one? Before we yeah, run out of time. The, the, the not no, so yeah. terrible one. <laughs> the, the, the one that's not really yeah, that, that like, hard. Yeah, give me the easy one. Well, I'll say this before we, we move on. Um, definitely want to approach those two things, like we said, with love, with acceptance. Um, anybody struggling with those two things, um, we would love to hear from you. We would love to have you here at our church. We'd love to minister to you. Oh, man, that's yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Because um, we've all been there. Right. It's, yeah. it's not, you don't, you a, it's don't not have to, yeah. you don't have to get that out of your life to come here. You don't Absolutely have to clean not, up no. your life to come here or talk to me or be around. Out. You, there's nothing. Just, just get here, man. And something we uh, say often, especially at this church and we've said it here on this podcast, uh, there's a better way. Yeah. There's absolutely a better way. And we, we would love to, to minister to you, but you no, know, I'd love to jump into uh, our, hopefully not, not as uh, heavy topic, not polarizing, not, 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 as not, polarizing. Not as difficult. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. And yeah, I guess it depends on who you're asking. It's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think for, I think for me sometimes you you hear so you hear some elements of Christianity that uh, want to be, and we've talked about this before in a in another episode. Just kind of the pacifist. Well, we shouldn't do this and we shouldn't do that and we shouldn't own guns or have firearms around our kids. And uh, I, I've never never had an aversion uh, to firearms, but I, I had never owned one up until here just a few years ago. Uh, woke up in the middle of the night to a sound in the kitchen. And the first thought that popped into my mind is if, if that's, if that is someone breaking into the house, I don't even have a baseball bat close. Mm. Uh, We're going fisticuffs. Right. And uh, <laughs> <How about you? laughs> yeah. I would have died probably. Um, and, and, and two weeks later, I, and, and don't, don't judge this statement, but two weeks later I went out and bought my first gun and then I put it away and I had someone in the room educate me on how to use it properly before I started doing anything with it. Um, and from there I went to, I started going to the range like every two weeks, uh, that for an hour, at least sometimes it was an hour and a half and, uh, got very I wouldn't say extremely proficient with it, but decent with it to where I, I was comfortable with it and I, I knew how to use it. Um, and now I, I will not admit how many firearms that Do I you know? own because Crystal is going to listen <laughs> to this, I'm sure. That's, that's a if separate you know, issue. You don't have enough. Um, right. Yeah. Um, Probably shouldn't hide things from your wife, Tom. She can go upstairs anytime and count them. Fair uh, enough. But... I, that was kind of my thing. And, and now I, I look back and I'm like, why did, why did it take me this long? Like I, I never thought that there was anything wrong with it. I just didn't feel a necessity for it in my life yeah. until I did. Um, uh, and then once I, once I realized that there, maybe there was a necessity for it, then I wanted to be proficient at it or at, at least to where I wouldn't shoot the wrong person. Uh, fair. So, that, 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 so, so that's kind of when you look when you look at when you look at and when you look at the Bible, even when we were just going through a study, I mean, other classes got done with Nehemiah way before my class did. But um, we done. 
well, I, I, I cut that off last week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are now. Oh, yeah. um, okay. But you look in, and Nehemiah, even in, in that book, they were building the wall, right, with one hand, and they had a weapon in the other hand so right. that they could defend themselves. Right. And so that they could Especially fend off. Especially one of my favorite things. And so, that they, yeah. and so that they could fend off attackers. And I mean, what kind of what kind of builders were those that could build with one hand and fend off attackers with the other hand? Like, oh, those guys were very proficient with their weapons. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, but I, I think over and over again, I don't think that our God is a God of violence, but I think he is a, a Lord of war in the most Lord of justice. Yeah. In, well, in the most righteous only, sense. Yeah, righteous, yeah. In the most righteous sense. For sure. Yes. For sure. Like not just waging war because somebody took his oil or, in, right. or something like right. that, but um, for, from a righteous perspective, bringing down judgment on people. And when you look at that for, for me, I didn't need a justification to own a firearm because I'd never thought that there was anything wrong with it. But uh, at the same time as a Christian, if I live in a country where it is my right to own a firearm, I don't, I don't see a problem with having one. Well, I think it's important as, as a Christian to be able to articulate a response to that question. What does the Bible say about firearms? Um, is there some kind of misconception about Christian people or Baptists, you know, or are they supposed to be, you know, pacifists? Um, and I think there is some misconception out there. So we know we'd love to, again, open the Bible and point to, you know, book, chapter, verse and say, this is what we find. Right. And then you decide for me, it was similar. Um, it was, I, I've never really had anything against it, but I never really saw an, an immediate need for it, uh, until the world got flipped on its head in 2020 and mm. cities are burning down and certain groups on Facebook are saying that they're going to take to the suburbs and start looting houses you know, I might, I might, I might have panicked a little bit, but I thought, okay, well, I don't want to be driving around the streets of North Texas and then have some some group block my car and start hitting you know windows out while my kids in the car with me. I, I just thought, okay, I'd rather have something than not have something, um, and then also just for home defense in general. Yeah, it's better to be looking at it than looking for it. For sure, for sure. And it was, it, and that scared me. I was like, I see all these videos of stuff happening to motorists or you know, stuff happening, um, just in general with what was happening. And so as I kind of went down that trail, I was like, I, I definitely justified, okay, I, I definitely need something for protection. And then since then it's just been like, oh, this is awesome. So now it's been more, you know, a pleasure thing. And then, you know, how many can we get type thing? But <laughs> well, and so, so the other two people in the room have way more experience oh, with firearms than either one of us do. Absolutely. Um, Andrew, you've been like, doing it a while right i didn't grow up with uh guns in the house we had a shotgun when i was a teenager but then uh i became an adult with adult money and irresponsible and um yeah it's been a like a cascade of purchases and sales and gun adhd is a thing um, how many guns do you have i actually don't know i'd have to count them <laughs> Um, I believe that actually. <laughs> I mean, it's not like hundreds. I, it's just I don't. I'd have to like if I I could think about it. I have a couple bolt guns, a couple of rifle. You know, I have some hunting guns. I like my my favorite gun is the long range shooting. Like you see something fourteen hundred yards away, just watch it move here in a second. Hold on, mm. that's like my favorite thing to do in the whole world. 
Uh, but yeah, I have a lot of guns. Um, I'm not a gun nut. I enjoy like the physics and just the understanding of the science and stuff like that. Of I do my own reloading, so I, yeah. uh, I haven't bought ammo in a long time. It, if you want to nerd out about gun stuff and trajectory and velocity and that kind of stuff, and Andrew's the guy to talk to. Ballistic coefficients. Yeah. Let's see, fancy words that I don't know. Hmm. I'd like to one day understand to be able to use Coriolis effect. That's from ultra long range. I actually know what that's, that is, unfortunately. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> Well, and so, but you said hunting specifically mm-hmm. too, right? So, I mean, you 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 hunt and mm-hmm. uh, maybe not recently, but... You, not as much as I would like. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, th- I think there's something to be said about that too. I mean, be, as, as human beings, just being able to go out if you needed to and get some food. Yeah. Um, and not have to rely on maybe a stick to do so. Uh, I, I think there's something to be said for that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I, what I do guess, you think, Zach? Well, I, <laughs> I, guess this is my, I have always loved guns, man. Uh, that was my dream. My my mom always joked um, if there was a toy gun in the store, I owned it. I mean, she'd always buy me my my toy guns. <laughs> and so what is funny, I've randomly thought about this recently, but I had my mom bought me this like uh, like an army green suit. And uh, it was it was pretty cool. And I was I was probably, I don't know, 7, 6, 7 years old. And I was going to this church we, or or we were visit I don't know, we were we were doing something. I know I was here. But I also I had this silver cap gun with a shoulder rig. Okay. <laughs> and you best believe I wore that to church. My mom did not know. That's so funny. <laughs> like under the suit. It's under the suit, That's man. Awesome. And yeah, I was I was I was concealed before it was, you know, a thing. And I, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I you know, and Brother Jerry was preaching, you know, at the time and um, old Zach I, just sitting there. That's there funny. was other kids looking at me, and I flashed that gun to them <laughs> like I opened my, my jacket pocket. Got this taken care of, boys. <laughs> it was so funny. But I, I've been hooked ever since I was a little kid, and then obviously getting the law enforcement, it did not make it any better. I, I only got worse, and uh, I, I've done a lot of things with weapons training, um, from triple canopy, uh, tactical handgun, uh, instructor, um, they're not in business anymore. Don't look for them. They kind of disintegrated as an organization, but, uh, that back in the day, they were amazing. Uh, now it's consolidated training group that we use, uh, man from, uh, specialized training for dignitary protection, SWAT. Uh, I have done many things, and I love all of it, and I love all of the guns. Um, I'm not a big wheel gun fan. I don't. I don't. I don't like uh, uh, like revolvers too much. I know. I you 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 either like. I, I've I've seen it all, man. I've seen like people that just really really love them. 
And then I, for me, I fall on the other side of that. I'm just like, there's way better weapons out there. There's, oh, for they're sure. not very they're way practical. Better. <laughs> there's, there's but they're kind of cool. They are kind of cool. They're kind of cool. Uh, I, I understand that, you know, that, that that's what you see in Westerns and there's some, corner, mm-hmm. some sort of uh, affinity for that. Uh, I just, I, yeah, I, I would much prefer my weapons that I carry and I would put them against any wheel gun any day for sure. Uh, I, I love my, my rifles that I have. I love my shotgun. Um, man, I love the shotgun. I love knives. I've got a really unhealthy relationship with knives. Uh, I just, um, <laughs> and I would there's there's a thought that flashed in my mind that I I don't care to have saved forever so I will I will keep that to myself we'll bypass but, that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> well and you know Kyle when you were talking about so yes I love guns and uh, when we were talking about like our, our, our Christian response I'm gonna read you something and there's there's been a lot of contention about this but let me let me uh, see if I can weigh in on it uh, and it's Luke Luke uh, 22 verse 36 um and judas is getting ready to betray jesus and jesus is giving last minute instruction to his apostles and then the bible says then said he unto them jesus unto them but now he that hath a purse or just something to carry money in let him take it and likewise his script and he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Interesting. Make sure that you have a sword. Now, why in the world would you need a sword as an apostle? Because Rome be Roman. Uh, because there are dangers out on the roadway. And, 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 and there's probably a lot of nuance that we could we could talk about. I'm, I'm just going to cut straight like a sword. I'm going to cut straight through uh, and, and, and just uh, uh, give you the, the highlight reel here. It, it would appear that, uh, and it, not just appear, it would just be obvious. Uh, there's a distinction that Scripture makes between suffering persecution and we are not to be violent if we're suffering persecution there's a distinction between suffering uh, persecution and uh, random acts of violence yeah right Mm -hmm. so so if we are suffering for our faith you know, Jesus says you you need to be as wise as a serpent harmless as a dove Uh, don't take any thought or consideration about what you shall say because the Holy Spirit in that moment will will teach you exactly what you need to say, how you need to respond. Uh, but then there's acts of violence uh, that occur, just random acts of violence. And, and the, there's nowhere in Scripture that says, you know, you just turn to them and say, peace, brother. You know, and, and you look in the Gospels and when random acts of violence happened upon Jesus, because it was before his time. What does the Bible say he did? You remember? That he just like slipped some oh, some yeah. crowds he, a, he a couple of times? Or, yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. then and they're just, just like, I kind of imagine like, you know, them trying to grab him and he just like, you know, disappears and they do, yeah, they're just like, <laughs> or like missing. rocks behind a rock, like yeah. walks behind a rock and he's just gone. <laughs> you know, <Right>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah. right. And, 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 and as much as I would love to like, 
you know, Batman gas some people and just disappear in violent situations. Um, we're not the son of God. And to, so, like, I, I'm looking at this, and, and there are some random acts of violence, and, and they would have taken him. I mean, the yeah. Bible says that. They were ready to kill him right then and there. Oh, they were sure. ready to stone him right then and there. But God being God does God things, and, and you're looking at, uh, like, a, a real miracle mm-hmm. to save his own life. Now, he didn't, he didn't respond in violence. That was not his time. Uh, he, he will come one day and he will clean house he is a he is yeah. a man of war tom you're absolutely right and uh he's gonna he's gonna clear the the playing field of armageddon with just two words he's gonna say drop dead and just like he made life he will unmake life immediately uh, and 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 yeah he's the best undisputed fighter in the entire universe undefeated yeah <laughs> 100% <laughs> But but the, the fact is we can't do that. And yeah. so what is the instruction that he gives his apostle here? His apostles here. Uh, what what was? Let me ask you this. I mean, uh, uh, when he tells them to bring a knife or a, a knife, excuse me, uh, when he tells them to bring a sword, are they cutting sandwiches with that thing? No. Why, why do you Probably use? Not. What do you use yeah. swords for? Is it to to like hail you know taxis? It's more of a slashing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. This is a defensive. It's a defensive tool. Right. It is a defensive and offensive tool uh, as a means of protection. Uh, What is, uh, you know, these guns that we're talking about? What is that? Well, we're not suffering persecution. If we're talking about random acts of violence, people coming up on our car, um, it is a defensive and offensive tool that can be used to save your life. Yeah, right. Nowhere in scripture does it call for us to be Christian pacifists. You're not going to be able to find me that verse anywhere. Well, I, I think you just gave us a verse that was the exact opposite. So, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I did. I just, <laughs> yeah. I just crushed everybody. Well, sure. yeah. well and I'll say this. Yeah. I, I've had people in my life, you know, just quote to me, you know, 10 commandments, right. And say, thou shall not kill. Right, and they they use that as an excuse, a coverall for all killing. Right, and it's that it's not fair to look at it that way. And we we've spoke about that. I think the last time you were on Zach, we were talking about mass shootings, and right. we, we we dove a little bit into this. Um, but you you have to look at it through the context that it's written in. Right, that all murder is not killing, but all killing is murder. Right, yeah. right, and God is a. God is a God of preserving life. I said that wrong. Yeah, the other way around. It's the opposite of that. Point taken. Point taken. Sorry. (laughs) But but God is the God of preserving life. Yeah. So, and and not to rehash that whole conversation, but in those random acts of violence, I really do believe that it would be a sin not, you know, if if you have the ability to stop violence. exactly right. You must. You're obligated. Especially, yeah, especially as as a Christian man. I mean, shame unto you if you're willing to stop evil and you don't. Yeah. Or if you're able to stop evil and you well, don't. Well, yeah. being equipped yeah. and then to Tom's point, you put it in a drawer for two weeks and you didn't touch it, being equipped and having the knowledge and the ability to. Yeah. Yep. You have the, if you have the responsibility, you have the responsibility when you purchase a firearm to be able to responsibly use it. 
Yeah, because yeah. there are a lot of people out there that just go purchase a firearm, and then they start carrying it, and they don't know how to use it. They, they've never taken it to the range. They have no idea how their body is going to react, what their adrenaline level is going to be while they're if they ever have to pull the trigger on that thing, and are they are they going to point it in the right direction? Do they understand how to point it and not pull the trigger and have the you know yeah. the bullet go off in a direction that they were not aiming in um so i no i i, I agree 100 percent. like if you're gonna if you're gonna own one you need to practice with it you need to get familiar with it you need to understand it you need to understand that it is something that can take a life um so educate yourself about it on and educate yourself if you own a bunch of guns educate yourself on all of them yeah. Uh, don't just say, oh, I know how to shoot my pistol, so I'm going to go get a an AR and uh, I'll immediately understand how to shoot that because a uh, firearm's a firearm. Uh, that's, that's, that's not how that works. Right. Well, if you remember, um, Peter cut off a poor guy's ear yeah. with a sword. He, he was definitely carrying the sword that he was told <laughs> to carry. Yeah. And somebody should have trained that man. Right. And, and, then, and then Jesus had to bail him out. Yeah, not a good uh, slice there. You missed a little bit. Yeah, nobody, nobody aims for the ear. Who does that, yeah. honestly? I mean, it was kind of a, yeah, kind of a I mean, he, I bet, you know, I bet he'd never forget it. True. But yeah, yeah that's just embarrassing. Uh, you know, that's, that's when you'd look at Peter. Like, if I was looking at Peter as a tacticianer, as a, as a weapon tacticianer, and say, you know, I had the same disposition, except, you know, I'm in the ancient world, and... And it's not guns. I was proficient in swords. I would look at Peter and be like, hey, let, let's get you some training <laughs> yeah. before you start swinging that sucker all over the place. And let's talk about your draw. Let's talk about your ears stance. are not a great target. You know, let's talk about a lot of things, Peter. Not really going to incapacitate someone by taking off their ear. Yeah. It's yeah. just going to make I them say, really I say mad. Peter, yeah, I'll, 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 you know, we'll talk in heaven, but, you know, I'm going to be like, hey, dude. Yeah, I'd had a lesson about you, and and wow, goodness! I actually think it probably it, took more skill just to cut off an ear. Like, aren't you embarrassed? Yeah, you it's know? embarrassing, right? Well, I see where you're going, but like, there, Kyle. you're I going think, the other way. Wouldn't it be harder just to get an ear? Or was it was it like a Matrix move, and he like turned sideways? I don't know, man. I, the, I, I need to see a replay. But yeah, I, maybe like this dude had just yeah. massive ears like too. Like if I was know. Peter's supervisor, right? You know, as a as the an body officer, cam yeah, I'd look at the body cam and be like, "You're gonna have to sit down. Sit down, Peter. <laughs> yep. uh, Explain this to me. <laughs> yeah, what was going through your head? And, you know, what was happening? I don't know. That's probably super stressful for him. <laughs> like, I, I guarantee you, it was I'm like this is not fair. But anyway, the point is, go get trained. No, no, no. How to use your weapon, but I, yeah, I would say the response, right? Um, you can absolutely be a God-fearing Christian and be dangerous when you need to be. Yeah. Oh, and, and you should be. I think we have responsibility. If we have a wife or if you have kids, you have a responsibility yeah, to be dangerous. Well, I mean, you look in the Old Testament, and then all the way to like how it segues into the New Testament. There, there was nothing that like transitioned in in terms of. Um, how how we respond to to violent situations? Um, it's it's hard to uh, you know look at King David and 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 say you know like how dare you, you know, like you should have been a pacifist. Um, it, it, like he he was he was the guy you did not want to meet on the battlefield. Yeah, and yet he was a man after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. Right. 
And uh, I, I think you can do that. I think you can be that. Uh, you can do both. Uh, you can be against violent evil. And, uh, and, and it's way, I'll tell you this, it's way easier with a weapon that'll, that'll, uh, with a, with a good handgun, uh, not a wheel gun, no, <laughs> with a good handgun, you, you can, you can level the playing field. Uh, your, your wife can level the playing field real quick. Um, For sure. I, I promise you my wife is so weak. She, and she knows if she listens to this, she knows uh, it, it's it's awful. It's embarrassing. But I no, bet she knows how to shoot. Yeah, but yes, um, <laughs> she um, yeah she knows exactly yeah. how to access things. And and you know what? She will protect our girls. Uh, I've got to go out of town, but I have no doubt uh, that if there is some violent evil that comes, not persecution. And that's a different response. That's yeah. a different Christian response. Uh, but with violent evil, and, and again, Scripture makes that distinction for us. Um, that's the time to take care of business. And uh, the most merciful, loving thing you can do uh, when somebody has decided to start taking life is to stop that threat if, if you are able and uh, I think that's what you should do. So, yeah, uh, buy a gun. Yeah. Buy two. <laughs> buy two. The recommendation. And if, you, <laughs> and if you don't want to buy one, buy me one. I'd, right. Yeah. I'd, I'll, uh, I'll give you my address. One of the funnest rules I ever learned about gun ownership is one is none and two is one. Right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you always need more ammo. Always. Always. Yeah. I've, man. And, and always another gun. I found, man, that is the worst for me. Like there's, I, I can think of three weapons right now that I want so bad. And my wife, gun ADD, my it's a terrible wife thing. just does not understand. <laughs> she, don't. yeah, she, uh, she loves me, but also tortures me. So here's the other side of it, gentlemen. Um, guns are awesome, right? But I think there's definitely a line that we have to put in like what are we putting like the purchases of guns before other things right mm -hmm. i think there is a level just like gambling or the other addictions or whatever um where you you can go too far yeah so i think just like you know this is kind of how i'll tie it all together just like the other two topics we talked about uh know where the barriers are yeah and uh and know when you are doing things in excess and then that's sure. and that's how you'll know that's how you stay on the right side of it. Good. Yeah, you don't you don't want to be out of balance in anything in your life. The Christian life is all about balance, and uh, Satan's the one that dabbles in extremes. You know, and I've told you guys that uh, he he like he he likes to get us into it the extremes. But but Jesus is the bulwark of balance. He always brings balance to everything. How we respond to culture. Uh, our purchases, our conduct, Jesus always brings balance. And if you if you just seek Christ first, man, you'll have a a great, balanced, fulfilling, satisfying life. Amen. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. You know, I think uh, I think we've arrived at a good place to probably yeah. to to close it up here, but. Um, you know, sometime in the future, I'd like to have um, Andrew Coates on separately, maybe just have like a testimony um, 
episode there, like we've done with other other church members, uh, you know, in the past. But um, no, we would love to hear from you guys. Um, we'd love to again minister to to anyone any way we can. But definitely would love to invite anyone here. Um, if you have any questions, anything that uh, was stirred up in your heart or in your mind that you just you need some clarity on, um, we would love to to minister to you in any way we can. Um, Tom, Tom. Tell them yeah. how to reach us. So you can get a hold of us at uh, podcast at lakeworthbaptist.org. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at LWBC underscore publications. Um, and you feel free to messenger us or, or um, direct message us on, on either of those platforms. But we'd love to hear from you. Uh, thanks, thank you all for uh, listening. Uh, it was fun. Absolutely. And we, we thank our two guests, Andrew Absolutely. and Zach. Thanks for taking the time away from your families to be for here. Sure. sure. Uh, we really appreciate it. We'll definitely we'll have you guys on again for sure. Yeah. But we definitely took a, a deep plunge in the ATF well well, yeah, yeah. well today. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Happy week, everybody.